starts with an M but I can't remember who's the king of the dwarves now Nola Nola that That's begins with an M, M. yeah <laughs> <laughs> gotta going. catch them all Aloha, <laughs> I choose you <laughs> throw it at the dragon The artificers over the gnomes in in uh, in Fermans, uh, that would I think they'd be the ones to, uh, to put like injectors and stuff. They like that kind of thing. Oh no! Well, like they say, life's a lich, and then you die. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. no, no, no. Yeah. You die, and then you're a lich. That's yes. the way it goes. Chapter 146, The Exotic Leather Shop. Okay. So, uh, first, a little um, word of warning to everyone before we begin. Obviously, we are recording this in the time of the coronavirus, so uh, we're not all in the same room anymore. Um, And uh, so we have a bunch of the players in remote locations using uh, improvised setups so it's probably not going to be quite as pristine audio as we normally have but we're just going to muddle through and we figure it's better to uh go and uh to uh do the recording than to just huddle in in our rooms and and uh, let the podcast just go stale so anyways uh hopefully uh, you guys can forgive the extra little bits of noise here and there that are going to creep on in okay so, last we left the group, you guys had all made it to Kolesque, finally. Um, and uh, what did you guys find there? We found a gate where there was no gate before. Yeah, they'd actually built an entire wall across the roadway so they could actually shut the whole valley off from the uh, Mari Arnosum and the rest of the kingdom. The, the, the halflings who have no quarrel with anybody um, had to do that. And what else did you find? And all their vineyards were rotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, fungus had crept in, and uh, it was maybe not too surprising that Cotter's family was having difficulties getting wine shipments uh, as the uh, the uh, vineyards uh, looked terrible. It was pretty bad all the way around. Uh, but anyways, so there you guys are. You um, had uh, made your way into Kolesque. You had made yourself up to the very first of the crossroads, and uh, you had a couple of different... Um, Missions that you were going to be on. So uh, I believe, uh, Kraval, you wanted to go and get some hide armor. And uh, then um, Cotter had to go and find the Flying Wyvern vineyards and find out why uh, the uh, wine shipments had, had stopped. Did we figure that out already? No. Where to go? Well, you found the, the, the Flying right. Wyvern. But okay. That's about it. I. So... Drew, do you want to do your thing first? I think we agreed that we were going to do the flying wyvern stuff first and then go to talk to anybody that could potentially make armor out of the dragon skin that we have. Okay. So yeah, I guess we're going to go up the road. 
Sounds good. And just as you guys are about to take off, all of a sudden you uh, hear a voice from behind the party, and it says, Kata, uh, so good to see you again. We, we keep meeting here. Is it, is it Kent again? Yep, you turn around and there's your old buddy Kent, and uh, obviously you knew that uh, he was kind of the uh, representative for his family when it comes to the wine trade here in, in Kalesque. Um and uh, mm-hmm. there he is in the flesh. Yeah, we've run into him again in yes. Kalesque. And uh, he comes up to uh, you all and says, and good, e- uh, or good morning to all of you, and, and especially to you, my lady. And he uh, bows very deeply to you there, Adri. Well, kind of nod awkwardly. It's good to see you, Kent. How have you, these times been for you here? Well, um, I'll say that it has been quite a challenge, uh, to say the least. Um, I, I expect that you're here for the same reason I am. All of a sudden, the wine shipments have just completely stopped. Um, and uh, I've been investigating that. Um, and, well, perhaps we should go sit down a bit and we can uh, discuss things. I think that would be okay. And I'll look to the group to make sure that that's fine. And with no disagreements, we'll go follow him to where he wants to lead us okay and uh he actually uh points a little distance away where there's actually a uh it looks like a tavern but it's a little bit of a different beast here in the halfling lands um there basically is kind of an open bar front and then they have a, a pergola or a trellis work um, and then there's just a whole bunch of tables and chairs underneath that. And, and, uh, in front of that, just hanging on to one of the signs is a, a picture of a, a mermaid sitting on, uh, a rock, you know, in the water, which seems kind of like a funny, funny, uh, thing to have in the middle of the landlocked, uh, land of the halflings here, but there it is. And it has the, the name of this establishment is, uh, here comes Stella. Two words, here come and Stella. Yeah. Okay. And uh, what does that translate to? I'm out of here. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I'm pretty sure I can tell, but okay. It's a mermaid. Oh my God. <laughs> and uh, um, Kent leads you up there and he uh, goes up to the uh, the uh, hostess, I guess that we, you'd call it, that's uh, seating people. And, and uh, he pulls an electrum piece out of his pouch and kind of uh quietly hands it to her you know so under his palm and and he says um your your best table for my friends and i if you would please and uh she just kind of nods and and uh, leads you to one of the ones right there along the side of the uh the banister looking right out at the road mm-hmm. and um it's a uh, pretty um devastating scene i mean you're looking right out and you can see the rolling hills of Kalesque, and it just kind of goes up, 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 and just tiers of hills until it gets to the the foothills of the mountains, and then the mountains just kind of take straight up out uh, after that. And you can just see, I mean, it's just from where you are that the the vineyards are just stunted. Um, the you know clearly are not growing well. The ones closest to you, you can see like leaves are falling off, and and they're kind of crusted with a a uh, a gray fuzz on them. It, it just things look bad all the way along. And uh, Kent, uh, you know, says to you, it's like, we um, must try the local fair here. Um, I, and he turns to everyone and says, um, one of your finest for everybody. Uh, 
And then about five minutes later, just this delicious aroma uh, kind of uh, comes to greet your nostrils. And the, uh, uh, one of the, another one of the halflings comes back and puts a uh, tray down in front of you. And each one has a mug on it with a steaming hot beverage in it. It's a deep brown color. And uh, Kent says, you must give this a try. This is, I'm, I'm sure, Cotter, you've had this before at your parties, but this is called coffee. And apparently the, the, uh, the uh, halflings have a plantation over on the seaward side of the, uh, of the uh, coast here, where the uh, current uh, leaves everything warm and tropical. Apparently that's about the only place these bushes will grow. And just, it's a fabulous, and, and what's amazing is here at, at the, uh, at Here Comes Stella, they can prepare it in up to four different ways. Very interesting. Yes. Fancy. I hate you so much. <laughs> and it is actually very, very tasty, although it's a, it takes a little getting used to because it's a, a little bit bitter. Uh, but uh, taste burnt. Yeah, taste uh, it tastes bold. <laughs> oh no, I said burnt. <laughs> Boldly burnt. I I ask if they might have a, a high quality tea instead. And uh, they kind of give you a a, a sideways glance and and uh, and the. Uh, um, waiter that's been helping out and says well let me see what i can do oh sorry that's a no <laughs> <laughs> so let me see what i can do and uh, it goes in the back and comes out with a, a steaming pot of of water and and uh there's a cup with a, a handful of tea leaves in it okay right. i just nod and thanks and um kent takes a, a deep uh draught of his and says ah that really hits a spot. I, I do miss this when I'm not here. Um, it used to be there's just this one, but it seems like these are popping up all over Kalesque now. There must be at least four now. Could there be one on every corner? Uh, no, just four or five. Just four or five? Yes. Okay. Well, they haven't grown too large, but yeah. that is interesting that they've put up so many locations. Yes. Well, it seems to be taking the whole area by storm. Um, we should maybe think about talking to the halflings. We might be able to import this to Kalesque. Or from uh, Kalesque. What was the name of this place again? Here come Stella. Okay. How, how are the plants that uh, originate this dark and burnt brood uh, faring? The, the, the grapes are are molding how about these other plants um i've not had a chance to go view them myself but uh it seems that uh so far i've heard no ill effects on the seaward side of things just here in the valley but yes and he kind of takes a look in, in into the far distance um i begin to see why we're having troubles with our uh, shipments uh the uh, halflings here are, are in a panic, as you can see. Um, never have they had such an infestation in their vines. And uh, as near as we can tell, um, they've begun to hold back the uh, shipments that they normally would send just in case this year they get no grapes at all. They'll at least have some wine to, uh, to ship next year. It's, uh, it's beginning to become a bit of a problem. That is problematic this whole 
Region. Have you not sought help to cure this issue? Well, I've been making inquiries to see. Um, well, and tell you what, Kata, um, I'm, I'm assuming you're here for the same reason I am. Uh, let us team up efforts. If, if you find out any details, uh, send them my way as well, and the two of our families perhaps can work on aiding the poor halflings in their, in their uh, plight here. Yes, uh, I'll, we'll certainly do that, because for the whole region to be affected like this is not a good thing. No, it, it's uh, quite uh, quite alarming. Obviously, uh, there's been all sorts of alarming things. I, I don't know. Did you come from Porta Magnum? I, I, I took an airship down from Porta Magnum straight to here, and it seems everything between uh, between uh, Fairmont and Porta Magnum has just been abandoned. All the farmsteads are lying uh, fallow, and the you know all the uh, beasts have gone to pasture. It's it's very alarming. Well, there was almost a war. Uh, I'm quite aware of that, yes. And that could, I guess that could provoke people into moving, but I don't know that much about the impacts of war on the farmers in the area. Do, do you, did it seem like there were more people gone than there should be? Oh, it seemed like most of the folks had abandoned things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, from what I've been hearing, uh, these terrible fogs that have been coming down out of the mountains, um, there has been a lessening of them on the southern edge of the borders. Um, they're seeing fewer of them in Civitas Cataracta and Excalbarium Calis. Um, they, there's some hope over there, some optimism, but here on the northern side, it seems uh, they are as beset as ever, if not more. Yes, we did notice that in... We think we have some ideas why, but... Oh, very good. Well, um, if you are privy to any information you can share, uh, please let me know. It would take quite a long explanation that I don't uh, think we really... And, and I do not have that kind of time today, I'm afraid. I, um, I must go about my business, as, as I'm sure you must too. Uh, but please, send me any and all information that uh, you can gather. And, and like I said, perhaps our families can team up and, and help to solve this problem. Yes, we'll try to send some information your way before we leave very good very good and uh he drains his his mug and uh leaves uh, a, a silver piece on the table and uh and he says and and don't forget to tip them well I, Cotter, are you are you aware of how things work here okay i can see that yeah. you're not um perhaps and perhaps your father had not shared that with you yet um the halflings have a very well-developed thieves guild um, so, uh, there's a certain level of, I don't want to say corruption, but you must play the game, I guess it would be the way to say it. Um, you know, the, uh, the, uh, shopkeepers and all must pay protection to the thieves guild. So, uh, we had tried to leave a little extra behind so that they can make up for it. Uh, so, and, uh, you also find that in your dealings with the vendors, it's like, You'll have to grease a few palms if you want to get any contract signed. It's, it's just the way it's done here. I'm afraid. Okay. Well, well, thank you for telling us that. We'll definitely keep that in mind as we work on here. Very good. And uh, he kind of stands up and gives everyone kind of a, a little curt bow and a good day to you all, and especially to you, Lady Adri. And he just kind of uh, winks mm. and and spins on his heel and takes off. Did. Did you ever tell him your name? 
Yes, oh, you. Yes. <laughs> okay. They were all at your sure. wedding. You, they all got introduced. Oh, he he managed to be here. There. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> I thought. Okay, that makes sense. I thought he just ha- lived here all the time, and because you know we only ever see him here. Oh no, no, you've run into him in in Porta Magnum several times as well. Uh, okay, so we want to pay for our drinks and move out to the vineyard. See if we can see what can be done. Yeah, I think that's a good yeah. idea. And actually, you guys are just kind of uh, getting ready to get up and get going. And uh, then all of a sudden, two little halfling girls um, just appear at the side of the table. And uh, Adri, they are so cute. I mean, being halflings, they're like two feet tall. <laughs> and th- their moms have done that thing where they braid their hair into, you know, little braids going down the side just to keep the hair out of their face. Um, yeah. And, uh, and all, they're just looking up at you. And, and the, the uh, first one says, are you, are you Adri? Yes. Oh, I knew it. Uh, we, we had a bard come through here named Nissian. He told us all about your brave adventures. Did you really kill a dragon with one punch? I did indeed. Oh, and the, the oh. girls, you know, they just kind of, you know, are sitting there. You can see them just vibrating. They're exciting. <laughs> it's like, uh, it, it, what what other great things have you done? N- Nissian said you, you guys were hunting dragons and facing giants. We've done so much more than that, and I'll kind of... So I I kind of slightly, I carefully take my necklace of teeth off and put it in her hand, so I kind of like go in front of her and like pretend to tell her something and put the necklace in her hand so she can at least show off. Okay, give me a sleight of hand roll to see how well you accomplish that. That should be pretty easy for you. No, roll the acrylic dice. No, do I, not, do not I have to figure dice. out what my slider <laughs> is. Hold on. What is my slider uh, hand? Oh, that's only plus five. Only. 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 Minus, Ten. <laughs> minus plus zero, so. Ten? <laughs> okay. Um, that shouldn't be that hard. That's an average difficulty. Okay, um, so yeah, the the uh, the two girls seem to pass that off, um, and uh, may- maybe they think that you're you know Adri's manservant or something, giving her you know his, the, the trophies. As is true, not and, untrue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so you now have a, a necklace of teeth in your hand. Uh, there, Adri. What are you going to do? I'm going to sort of dangle it in front of them and say, "These are trophies from all the beasts that we've hunted and killed." And their eyes are as big as saucers at this point in time, and they just kind of squeal, and it's like, and they're like, "And what's that? And what's that? And what's that?" <laughs> and I want my uh, Schmedrick too to kind of crawl down and say hi to them too. And of course, they, they're you know immediately they jump back, and then one's like, "Is is, is that a is that a hamster?" <laughs> and you know they they kind of put their finger out and smedrick kind of gives them a little sniff and and once again they squeal and uh but they're too uh, not nearly brave enough to actually go and touch them you mean a hamster makes them all squeal how about a little baby velociraptor hanging out with me <laughs> and actually that makes them scream <laughs> and and the uh, maitre t kind of comes over and she's like and what's causing all this racket here it's like girls what are you doing Stop bothering the patrons. And they kind of look a little chagrined. And and they're like, yes, mom. And uh, they, they kind of do that 
reluctant walk back to the back to the kitchen there. And he says, oh, I'm sorry about that. They're, they're fun children, but a little excitable. Hopefully they didn't bother you. They didn't That's bother. No problem at all. We want to pay and head out now? Sounds good. How much are you going to leave on the table for him? How much did the drinks cost? We never really... Well, Kent left a silver behind. Well, we have a lot of copper. I'm going to leave an Electrum. I mean, do we get a sense of how much we should be paying? Yeah, well, obviously Kent gave you a good idea with the, the silver there, but... Yeah. A silver is what he dropped. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'll put down. Okay. All right, I'll put a silver down, too. Sounds good. So you leave your uh, your uh, cash behind there, and uh, and actually the other yeah, drinks were very tasty, and uh, you you feel a little peppier afterwards. It's kind of nice, um, it, but like I said, it takes a little getting used to. There, uh, un unlike the uh, flavorful wines of of Kalesque, uh, that it's a little bitter, but also uh, kind of a medley of flavors in itself. So, so I'm when the and the kids are out of sight. I I gesture to Adrian, you know, ask for my necklace, but. And I hesitantly give it back. <laughs> I mean, you could have been collecting teeth this whole time yourself. Yeah. Had you been it's alive the, to do so. More the principle of the thing, giving it back. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, walk over to no one and mention, you know, Nissian's this great storyteller talking about uh, Adri's adventures. Should the uh, storyteller of the Snow Owl Clan be telling of our great adventures too? Uh, I would be telling the stories to the members of the Snow Owl Clan. Okay. And by the way, that was the band I was in back in the day. Was it now? <laughs> you have to compare your band list with Nissian. Lose 50 XP. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, where I are we heading next? right now. Uh, I, I'm sure all of us don't want to hear that. So, yeah, where are we headed next, everyone? Uh, the vineyard that we we're looking into. Okay, so off to the east of the vineyard, not west to the uh, to the hide merchant? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I uh, take off up the road, and, and uh, like uh, was said in the directions there, you go kind of, it's, it's about a good uh, couple of miles up the road, and, and then you have to take the right-hand turn. And it just gets more depressing as you go along that the vines are in just such terrible shape and uh, eventually you come to uh, a big signboard uh, beside the road at uh, a, another road heading up into into somebody's estate and it does have a pair of wyverns just kind of circling around each other uh, they're either you know mating flight or combat or uh acrobatics or whatever but uh just kind of flying in a circle and and right in the middle of course of circles it says the flying wyverns hmm. and my family has like we're not just walking up to this one my family has like arrangements with this place already apparently so yeah okay so yeah let's walk up further okay and you go up a ways and basically it's just this uh gentle uphill with just row after row after row of, of uh, grapevines. And at the top of it is actually a pretty substantial house by halfling standards. And uh, it's, you know, certainly nothing by any of the, uh, the uh, Port of Magnum standards, but it probably has, you know, half a dozen rooms. And, uh, and obviously built for halflings, it's um, 
It's probably a little too large for halflings, but then it's way too small for you guys. So you guys are going to do the Gandalf thing and be bumping your head into the light fixtures and things like that if you're not careful, especially poor, uh, poor Creval. So. so what are you going to do? Um, is there like a... Is there like a business center for the operation? Or? Not that you can see. I mean, maybe there's an a uh, a uh, office in the in the household itself. I think Raval wait outside. Not that he's worried about hitting his head, but just for comfort standards. Sounds good, Cotter. What are you gonna do? So, is this like? like an actual person's house or is it a production center? Well, it appears to be somebody's house, but you know, behind it, you can see that there's also um, definitely a, a winery attached to it. I mean, there's um, some fairly large barn buildings and uh, you can see out in front of those are, you know, wooden tanks and uh, you know, there's hand operated pumps and presses and all sorts of things. Obviously none of them uh, in activity right now, but uh, clearly, and you know, you would assume that all the barrels are back in the, in the uh, barn there somewhere. Uh, so I guess knock on the door to the house. Okay. And um, a uh, rather portly halfling uh, with uh, just a little fuzz of uh, gray hair around the back of his head uh, comes to the door and says, ah, yes, can I help you? What's the term for the person in charge of production here? Uh, what, the winemaker or mm -hmm. the estate owner or what do you want to call it? Uh, could I talk to the uh, winemaker of the... <laughs> Flying Wyvern. He says, Vineyard. ah, th that'll be me then. Oh, hello. Thank you. I am uh, Cotter Fraser. Oh, uh, I wish you'd said that sooner. And he just gives you a deep bow. So great to make your acquaintance. Yeah. Uh, I, I dealt with your father and, and your older brother, but uh, I, I think the last time I saw you, you were just a wee little lad. And he kind of gestures around shoulder level to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, it has been quite a long time since I've been back here, at least. Well, you're, you're welcome again. Um, sorry things have been so difficult lately. Um, perhaps come inside and we can talk about it. Yeah. And I'll see if the group, if whoever wants to come in, they can if you don't. And he actually takes a look out and says, ah, what are my manners? Ah, we got nothing but the big people. Uh, let, let, me bring a, let me bring a bottle out to, to meet you. Uh, there's a... a table and chairs around the corner and, uh, and I'll, I'll stay out with Cravat. well yeah he's, and he's pointing out there's kind of a picnic table around the corner um, under one of the trees and a few minutes later he uh, appears with a entire tray full of glasses and a bottle so we're seated outdoors yeah. and uh, he, he quickly gets busy with the uh uh, cork pulling and and pops it out there with a nice you know loud popping noise and and uh, fills each of the glasses and uh, slides one over to each one of you i'm just gonna kind of like hold it and mention that i'm a monk and we don't indulge oh well <laughs> too bad but uh more for us eh and he kind of gives you a little <laughs> elbow there cotter yeah Aren't you, like, immune to this stuff? I mean, yeah, but then what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a very flavorful and uh, enjoyable beverage. But, yeah. Anyway, so he takes a... a I mean, nice I mean actually, would that, would that technically qualify as, as poison? 
Yes. I mean, technically speaking, you can poison yourself with alcohol, so I don't see why not. I mean, but like in the sense of, of game mechanics, would that qualify as poison? Yes. Uh, probably. Yes, it does. That's how my thing worked. Okay. Oh, yeah. They're like... Yep. I mean, the... Two, two weeks of uh, poison... <laughs> from in- well it would no, be poison that, that was alcohol it would it would it was poison yeah. from intoxication yeah you couldn't be intoxicated for two weeks that was how your thing worked yeah we'll look up at the break and figure out what it is but i think there's a whole section on alcohol well needless <laughs> to say our our monk trainings uh had us not so we don't yes purity but of body and all that nice <laughs> uh he says I'll tell you what uh I, i'll be right back and uh, he uh you know, you see him kind of lean inside, and uh, he just calls us like, "Hey, can can we get some tea out here? We we got some of these that uh, you know monks out here that want something uh, teetotaling." And uh, about uh, ten minutes later, um, a rather portly-looking elderly uh, halfling woman shows up, and um, she's got a, another tray with uh, once again a couple of a couple of mugs and and uh, steaming pot on it. And she says, here you go. Very welcome, Arya. Very good to see you. And she gives kind of a, a nice little curtsy and, and uh, goes back inside. But if you don't mind, I've got some bread that's about to come out. I'll just say thank you. And she gives and you I'm a nod. Yeah. So as we're here, I want to talk with the winemaker. So, so yes, well, uh, that's me. Um uh, so uh, I assume you're you're wanting to know about the uh, situation with the shipments and all that. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a, a rough situation here, as you, as you can see. And he kind of points out at the vineyard, and and his seem to be a little less affected than the ones further down towards the base of of uh, Kalesque. Really? But um, even even the these ones higher up um, are definitely affected. I mean, you definitely notice that they don't look very healthy, and it's just well. You know, we've had problems in the past with the, with the, uh, the fungus in the vines, uh, but nothing like this. Uh, it's been uh, apocalyptic, uh, to say the least. Uh, you know, the the fogs coming down. They've been slowly, slowly, slowly making uh, things worse for the, for the last year or so. Or so. Um, but this year, it just finally really hit. Um, we had uh, we had mildew in the vines even uh, before we started. Uh, you know, any series growing out here and it's just gotten worse and worse. And to make matters uh, even more uh, detrimental, uh, our, you know, the, the cure for it is sulfur, uh, just elemental sulfur, um, which we used to be able to get from the dwarves in, in high profusion. But uh, ever since uh, things started to go uh, go south, they've, they've given some sort of cockamamie story about the gnomes using it all up and uh, us not being able to get any. I, I can't imagine what they're dealing with sulfur. It's uh, it can't help them very much, um, but apparently the gnomes are using it for something, and so the dwarves aren't important to any of it. So it's we've got the double whammy of of the fungus has been worse than it's ever been, and the cure for it's almost dried up entirely. Yeah, that. So you're saying that the higher up areas are less affected by the fog? Oh yeah, the the fogs. Uh, well, and he kind of gestures up the uh, side of the mountains behind him. They just kind of flow down from the mountains. And then they end up just pooling down there in, in the lower vineyards, mm. um, which you know it's it's been a a uh, 
a terrible blight on the on the whites and some of the more delicate reds because they grow down there in the base of the, of the valley where it's cooler. Um, up here, we got you know the heat rises, so it's warmer up here, and we get more sunshine on the tops of the hills. Um, so this is where the more, more robust reds come from. But uh, they even here, um, it's been uh, you know you can see it's it's gotten into the vines up here as well. Only the very top tippy top of the uh, the hills up you know the mountains are totally unaffected. Hmm. So probably eighty percent of the vines have some sort of effect, and probably half of them are. Uh, are in, in serious jeopardy, um, and that's why we actually most of the uh, most of the uh, vineyards have uh, you know curtailed our shipments. We have to save some for next year if we don't get any hit at all. I mean, we might lose the entire southern half of the or you know of the uh, valley here. It's yeah. it's pretty ugly. Yes, we was the way that the fogs were working. Um, was it like that in other areas too, where yeah, it was the the yeah. lower areas were more affected? Well, they. You know, the, each one is slightly different. I mean, obviously, like around um, Svetis Cataracta, it just, you know, the terrain just flows right out onto the mare. And you could and you could watch the fogs, you know, creep out of the mare and then just evaporate in the uh, in the uh, heat of the, the desert. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, Kaleskwe is kind of uniquely suited with that uh, palisade cliff, uh, you know, bordered by oak woodlands that it acts as just a big old bowl to uh, to store up the fogs. But the rest of it sounds exactly like it does everywhere else. Everywhere else is just kind of flowed down out of the mountains, and then down across the uh, across the uh, land out towards the mare. So does that mean a Lowell's like mountain bordering everything? <laughs> like everything's coming from the edges of the world? Well, I guess that's up for you guys to figure out, huh? Hmm. Yeah. On our maps, so on our maps, there's mountains bordering everything obviously are there mountains beyond those mountains or um only the most adventurous people have ever gone into the mountains because of the dangers and and the privations um so there, there's some tales of there's being other lands beyond the mountains but it's it's basically like if you were in uh you know, the edge of the Sierra Nevada or the edge of the Rocky Mountains and, and didn't have any passes that you knew about. And I mean, just the, the thought of trying to climb across those mountains yeah. without knowing where you're going is pretty fearsome. So most people have uh, only ventured out through the Great Gate of Porta Magnum into the uh, desert that lies beyond there, but um, not so much uh, either direction. Okay, so... And certainly immediately to the south of uh, Suvidus Cataracta and to the west of uh, Valles Calliae and, and the western side of the Mare, uh, those mountains just lead right out to the ocean. Yeah. So this, to me at least, doesn't seem like the sort of thing we had in Porta Magnum. It doesn't seem to be like bad actors specifically targeting. It just seems like this is a personification, or not personification, but a result of what we're seeing everywhere it's just in a way that really affects this one area because it's already been having this problem so is there really anything we can do to help this area besides taking down a lowell or is it just a uh, we'll have to well specifically help to help this area you could try to figure out what's happening with the sulfur shipments from pheromones and figure out why that's gone raw you know dry on them okay we we could help with that does anyone else can anyone else think of anything we could do to help over here? I mean, that seems like the most pressing thing that needs to happen. I mean, outside, like, 
having some spell to blow the fog out of the valley or whatever. That'd have to be constant. That'd be a big spell. Yeah. Yeah. A ritual. And and like Are uh, there any mages in this city at all, or is is this pretty a magicless city? Um, there's always a few mages here and there that kind of uh back and tucked in the corners, but obviously if you're a mage of any uh, tremendous power, you're probably going to be drawn to Porta Magnum um, or uh, maybe Savita's Cataracta for the uh, the proximity to the tower there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other Could thing... we also not contact the druids to help with the current crops and decay? Or uh, decay? So, what I understood is that this is... It's not like the spore druids in Porta Magnum where it's like these fields are like these specific things have been added it's just the natural fungus that affects this area is just really strong because of the fogs and even with the spore druids it's kind of tough to tell whether they're um initially in league with the lowall or they've simply lined up with them because their sphere of influence is being aided by a lowall so they've decided to throw their lot in with him it's natural, so I'm not well, at least that we can tell thus far. I would imagine that if we got those that are more tuned with nature to help, maybe we can balance it out. They were all about balance before, and it's clearly something is unbalanced this now. Clearly. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking we might be able to do is see if there's a flactory in the area. And this certainly won't help this season, but maybe next time next summer fall i mean what's the um because we don't have our prophecy list with us here do you guys have the uh-huh, turns yeah. out. anything that wouldn't maybe point to it being here or one of them being here um so the the ones that we have left the images that i um had from uh scrying on a lowell we have the dark cavern in a dark city. Uh, we have a cave in a mount in the mountains, where a curl of smoke is drifting out of the cave. We have a castle on a cloud, and a black visage with flames leaping forth with screams of souls. None yeah. of those really seem to match this location. Yeah, yeah. the uh, dark cavern. I think we can be pretty sure is not Kalesque. Yeah. <laughs> The only the only thing that's like close enough ish to this area is the uh, cave in the mountains, but I have other reasons for thinking that it's not in Kalesque, because of just the wording of the that one, which is yeah. not the next one. It's um, you all, you, mm-hmm. also you must find a dangerous lair where fiery greed guards the treasure that is there, and I don't think that the imagery come springs forth this place no i don't think so yeah and um why don't i send a sending to Tengay the the druid the half elf druid and see if he can send someone back through here to look and see if this is the work of the sport druids i guess we could do that uh we might want to see if we can contact the someone we know with the dwarves maybe her name starts with an M, but I can't remember who's the king of the dwarves now. 
Nola. Nola. That That's begins with an M. M. Yeah. <laughs> if we don't want to just like go directly to the top, or we could just talk directly to Nola and see if there's something that can be done to get the sulfur out here. Besides that, do we want to? Who who do we want to contact first? I mean, well, I think the sulfur is going to require a visit. Yeah, okay. and, and that's the next place we're heading so, to. I thought we were going to port a magnet from here. Uh, it's in between them. Yeah. Well, we we do have this okay. pesky phylactery we're carrying around. That we is true. Exactly. Yeah, I forgot about that. I didn't. We should probably not be carrying that around yeah. before we do anything else. <laughs> Bad stuff to us. Oh, come on, you don't want to collect uh, phylacteries like Pokemon and, you know. Hey, you need a party of six before Gotta you go. Gotta catch to... them all. Aloha, <laughs> I choose you. <laughs> Throw it at the dragon. <laughs> Throw the phylacteries um, at the dragon. Yeah. Here, have them back. I'm a great lich trainer. <laughs> I train them to shoot at me. Well, like they say, life's a lich and then you die. Um, uh, uh, no, no, yeah. you die and then you're a lich. That's yes. the way it goes. Um, I'll I'll burn a third level spell slot oh. instead of sending to ten gay just to a notification. Spore druids potentially affecting. What town are we in? Kalesque. Kalesque. That's what Kalesque. Can you please send a druid? to investigate crops and aid in recovering of the land. Off it goes. You get a uh, you get a response back. He'll send a he'll send a uh, we will send a mission and see what we can do to aid. Okay, that's useful. And hopefully we can help the area. So I'll turn to the and uh, the uh, proprietor says, well, you'll appreciate it. And I tell you what, if, if you can get uh, any sort of aid coming back here, I'll, I'll release uh, half of the shipment you're supposed to get uh, just on the hopes that, uh, that you'll be successful. Thank you. Yes, we'll, we'll visit with the dwarves, I think, as soon as we can and see if we can get some of the sulfur that this area needs on its way over. That'd be good. appreciated, yes. And yeah, hopefully you and your area will be able to produce as you usually do. Well, and he, he kind of looks out. I think we're going to take a hit this year. No matter what, um, you can just see the uh, the vines just aren't the same along. And and really it's, you know, the the leaves, they gather the goodness of the of the sunlight and turn it into this beautiful, and he holds up his glass, this beautiful beverage here. But uh, uh, no matter what we do, uh, we're going to we're gonna have a great loss this year. But, uh, you sort know. Sort of seems the case for everywhere. Yeah, that's what we hear, yeah. Um, and people are saying our, our, our uh, product is even more needed across the kingdom now than ever uh, just because of that. Um, and, uh, but, uh. If you guys can uh, give us any aid at all, uh, perhaps we can save some of the crops this year and not lose everything. Yes, and we'll certainly do what we can. Because this is... Is this the hardest hit area we've really seen? Um, I know it the, does seem yeah. to be worse than you've seen even elsewhere. Well, the proprietor drains his glass and uh, puts it down. Um, are you guys going to get taken off here? We probably shouldn't waste any more time. Okay. 
Yeah. And we and can... What about the hide uh, merchant that you were interested in with the Creval with the uh, hide uh, armor? Yeah. The... If, if we're done, if we're done, done with the the wine stuff, yeah, I'd mm-hmm. like to go over it and, and just talk to somebody starting with just somebody who works with like leather and hide. Okay. Um, and did you uh, imbibe in any of the uh, the beverage that the uh, halfling had laid out? Obviously, you've had it before since you were in the caravans. Um, Actually, he didn't. Corval doesn't like bitter drinks. Okay. Well, no, not, this is not the bitter stuff. This is the the wine, not the uh, not the coffee. Corval doesn't. Corval never drank alcohol. Okay. Very good. We got a whole group of teetotalers. Wow. Um, no, not... it's just it's just he, they didn't grow that as dragonborns. He never did taste for it. Yep. He did have try it. He didn't like it. It's an acquired taste. What can we say? Anyway, so uh, yeah, on the way back out, if you go all the way across the uh, the valley to the western side, you, a couple miles from the entrance, there is a a, uh, a leather works over there, so you guys can wander on in there. And uh, so uh, you know, obviously, it's got a, a big stretched out, well, big being you know miniature stretched out hide um, hanging from a sign to let you know it's a leather works, and and you can smell that it's a leather works before you even get there. All the the smell of the tanning materials. Uh, is wafting down uh, downwind at you, um, and you um, kind of come in through the the front door, and it's it's basically just an open pole building with a couple of false walls that are up there just to kind of keep the wind from blowing too hard into it and keep the what the weather from uh, from getting in, and it's just got you know skins all over the place, out drying uh, vats of tanning materials. Uh, tanning the the hides there, uh, you know, stacks of brand new hides that need to be to be uh, cured, all sitting around, and then just a bunch of halflings. There's probably a half a dozen of them just zipping around back and forth, uh, tip top speed, trying to get things done. Um, and obviously, Creval, as you kind of stoop under the entrance and and stand up in there, just everything comes to a complete and silent stop. And then uh, you see one of the uh, kind of more um, knurled looking of the halflings probably the uh the uh proprietor um kind of straightens out his his apron and he comes up to you and and just looks way up at you and and says uh hello uh what can we do for you i'm looking for somebody who has the skill to do a few special projects for me using a skin or or using techniques for a special type of hide that i have Oh, well, uh, what can we do for you? Um, you definitely come to the right place if you're looking for leather. I'm not sure exactly if this is the right place, only because of what I want is very specific in nature. Um, I have this. I'm just going to pull out just the top half of one of the black dragon skin rolls. So, oh. so I, have this, I have this material here, specific quest I'd like to see it used for. Um using extra of it as part payment if necessary but what i'm looking for a very specific set of items being crafted from oh is this could this actually be dragon hide it is oh my goodness where did you ever get this from this is this is amazing oh from a dragon well obviously um yes what 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 would you like to make for this i'm sure we can do something really fancy but it the well it depends really see the first thing i would like you to do i'm also going to pull out some vials i have some samples of the dragon's acid and i'm looking to have a set of gloves made 
Oh. The idea behind the gloves is that when you flex or move your the hands around, that these spines here will either protract or retract out as their hands are manipulated to increase the damage of punching somebody. Oh, well, let me see what I can do. Um, I'm not sure that the leather works that way, but um, let, let me keep a small uh, bit of uh, the material behind and let me see if I can work with it. I've, I've never worked with anything quite like this before, but uh, it's definitely a project worth trying out. That's uh, kind of amazing. I would also like to use a much larger sheet to create a shield. Oh, well, th that but I could definitely and do. Have, and I need it to be enhanced to be to use from the nat dragon's natural art scale to make it harder than that of the metal shields that you see nowadays most people use. Well, no problem. Uh, would, uh, we can definitely do that. Would you like a round buckler or would you like a curved heater? Uh, what kind of shield would you like? I need a shield big enough and Crevall with a buckler. <laughs> with with um, yeah, right. You look like he has a button with, on his uh, forearm, yeah. With the ability to swing a one-handed weapon sword with ease while still provi providing maximum coverage. Oh, so uh, would you like a big old tatter shield? Um I think what you're looking for is no, just a standard heater then. I believe that is the one I'm looking okay. for, yes. So, yeah, we could we could easily have a shield lined with his uh with this dragon hide um, in, in two weeks' time. It'll take that long to prepare it. Okay. And the third thing I'm looking to do, and this one will be quite a bit hard. Imagine you would probably need to contract out to some magic users, but I'm looking to have four sets of bracers made. Ah, in, in uh, well, bracers themselves wouldn't be too much trouble. Uh, is there anything special you got to do with them? I want them to be able to hold a magical essence to make it harder for someone to receive damage if they are struck at well um we can make the braces for you but uh the uh actually enchanting almost that's something you have to get a magic user to do uh, some sort uh, of major or, or sorcerer do you have access to something like that uh, nothing like that we're just uh humble leather workers how would uh would a cleric work um I, you'd have to talk to the clerics, find, figure that out. Um, I, but like I said, I, mean, I, I can definitely... I the cleric is the one casting the spell to increase the... Yeah, but I can definitely, uh, I can definitely work the leather for you and uh, create the bracers. Uh, that's not a problem at all. I know are, nothing I'm sorry, about... are we with Corval? Um, are you guys? I, I would assume you're all together. Yeah. What, what are the we're... bracers for? You all and myself. Oh. Bracers of defense. Nice, nice. The, glo the yeah. gloves are for you and no one. The shield is for Cotter. Well, thank you. So, um, anyways, he, uh, he can definitely um, create the shield, and um, then uh, that that's well well within his ability because he's just uh, you know basically lining a shield with uh, with the leatherwork. Uh, he's not too he's not too sure about the uh, the uh, gloves yet. Um, he has to experiment with the with the hide to see if it works and he can make the bracers out of the hide, but obviously to um, enchant them is a whole nother thing. So you, I mean, you could definitely get the bracers from him, but then you'd have to go and, and get them enchanted with, uh, by some spellcaster. Yeah. See, I, I don't know how enchanting an item works and cast spell and a spell to increase armor class. I don't know if I sat there and did it with them while he's making it, if that would permanently imbue it. Um, 
that's a dm call so yeah well i think you'd probably have to go back and talk to that one wizard in porta magnum that was making the uh the flame blades and see if, if he can advise you on how to create a magical item or okay. perhaps talking to gauchabar oh gauchabar maybe i'll help too yeah yeah anyway um it says well um where should i send this or are you going to come back in a couple of weeks and pick it up I think we'll be back here in a couple of weeks. We'll pick it up. Very good. Um, and, uh, well, let me get your name down and uh, names of your companions. Uh, wh- what shall I call you? Uh, you can just bill it to our company name, the Relic Seekers. Um, well, well, could, but I uh, still kind of like to have a name. Um, it, what, what shall I call you by? Kraval. K R I V A H L. And he reaches way up to you with his hand and, and says, well, pleased to meet you. And, uh, this is this is a uh, a uh, project of a lifetime. I'm I'm uh, happy to happy to give it a try. Okay, um, the acidic nature of the gloves, the acid that I leave with you. If you can find a way to incorporate it into the gloves, so that when a person strikes, it also uses some of the acid to damage. Um, well, tell you what, um, we can make the gloves for you. I think, but I'll have to experiment with them and see what we can do. Uh, but That's this sounds right. like a task for the artificers over at the gnomes in in uh, in Fermons. Uh That would I think they'd be the ones to, uh, to put like injectors and stuff. They like that kind of thing. Oh no. Okay. Uh, I but, will see about that. So for right now, what do you wish to work? I would say, well, just leave me a, a little sample to to see if I can do anything with the gloves, and leave me the big okay. piece for the shield. I'll definitely have the shield ready for you, and then uh, make the uh, bracers out of the rest of it. Yeah, I, I don't need braces that do nothing. I don't want to waste the material. Okay. Very I good. have to go see an enchanter and Magnum, and I'll go, I'll go talk directly to the enchanter. Very good, then. I'll, then just leave me the big piece for the shield, and uh, okay. I'll get it ready for you, and then just uh, a little little piece to experiment with. All right, so I have... It just says I have it says I have a lot of scale, so I'll just pull a chunk and have him measure out what he wants and then just cut through it. Sounds like a plan. Very good. Okay. Cool. And then how much do you need as a deposit for he says, um, well, I think no more than about five gold should be enough to uh, okay. be a deposit. So I hand off the five gold. I hand off the five gold. Very good. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll be back in two weeks' time. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you. Indeed. All right. Okay. Anything else need to, you guys need to do in Kaleska before you take off? Nope. Okay. Where are you headed next? Do we want uh, well, if we want to get, I think, in all honesty, that we should buy a pack uh, forest, whatever, dwarf town, and go to Porto de Magnum to get rid of this uh, phylactery first, and then come back and deal with the dwarves. That sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I was going to suggest. I would feel comfortable with that. Sounds good. And um, how did you guys want to get to Porto Magnum? I was thinking if there's an airship that, like a passenger yeah. airship. Mm-hmm. So down to the dock works and yeah. uh, going to go see if uh, one of the various ones uh, is, is in there. Maybe the Coeptus is, is coming around to do its run. Or, yeah, just any, probably not like a charter ship, just like if there are, well, there, well, there are the passengers. Coep- yeah, the Coeptus is the uh, passenger ship that you've taken several times before. Yeah. So if there's just a passenger one, we can rent nice places to be. Sounds good. Okay. So uh, you guys... Um, Heading out of Kaleskway, you go back through the uh, gates 
there at Kaleskwe back on the, you know, the mile long road down to the dock works. And there's not a lot of foot traffic. There's just a, a few people here and there. Um, and uh, you guys are kind of, there's like an elderly, um, looks like human or half elf that's uh, slightly in front of you wearing just kind of these red robes. And um, he's going much slower than you are. He's, you know, obviously going at a slower gait being elderly. And you guys are just about to have caught up to him. And he turns around. And you can see his desiccated corpse-like face. And it's a low wall. That's not good. And he says, I'll take that from you now. And he snaps his fingers. And right from the edge of his fingers, just reality shatters. And you guys find yourselves waking up, looking at a black sky, rimmed with velvet or violet, on an endless plain. Love this again. And that's where we're going to stop today. Okay, well, as we said, um, this was all recorded in the time of the coronavirus and social distancing, and we did think about getting the whole team together, but decided that wasn't the wisest choice considering the current environment. So uh, we dug out what equipment we could and uh, tried to record at home, obviously with uh, greater and lesser success there, although <laughs> before we got done editing it, there was a whole bunch of other problems, which those of you that record over the internet are probably all too familiar with. But anyways, the party has gone and made contact to find out what's happening with the wine. They've dropped off their goods to be worked on by the leather worker. Going to be interesting to see what happens with that. And now they need to go figure out what they're going to do. Because once again, they're trapped in the endless plane. What's going to happen? We'll have to wait until the next episode to find out. Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head. <laughs>